Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam. Date of recording on this one is June 29th, 2021, Tuesday night. We are not on the stream this week, um, and we are entering the wee hours of the evening because we had some scheduling <laughs> conflicts, but it's that's all right. Fault. That's all it's right. My fault. It's no, it's all okay. My fault. That's why we're not doing the stream. So it's all it's all good. We have a, a very big event based week, uh, plus regular work over in my life, and it is it is uh, rewarding, but it is exhausting. So hoping to hoping to get back to normal life soon. But I'm so glad that my co-host Cam puts up with the late night shenanigans. I want no part of normal life, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's the real culprit of behind all everything is that normal life is the problem. That's what's returning. You know, yeah. there's obligations now. I really enjoyed life with no obligations. I have to say it. I really did. And um, I get some I get some anxiety about the return to normal life. I'm like, wait, I have to go places and do things now? Yeah, no, those thank like, you. Those like social obligations that have been constructs for our entire lives, like weddings, like, well, yeah, I have to miss a wedding because you can't do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, no darn. problem. So many things like that, uh, you know, going out and canceling last minute um, is no longer, not, no longer a, a fear. It's just like, well, we can't go anywhere. Uh, this is great. <laughs> I know. It was so nice. It was so nice while it lasted. I realize that makes me sound like a terrible person, but for real, I just like... I got really used to like having so much free time. I was like, Ooh, look at all the things yeah. I can do. <laughs> like I can, I can spend all my time with my family and uh, decorate my house. And yeah, there's so many great positives to be, being able to stay home. It's true, man. It's true. First world problems, but <laughs> here we are. It's Tuesday night. We're recording. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of movie news. A lot, a lot. A um, couple of quick housekeeping. I got to do some birthday shout outs because today it's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, boop, boop, dad. Boop. And uh, yesterday was my big sister's birthday. Happy boop, birthday, boop, Afton. Boop. So we never do birthday shout outs, but it seems appropriate given the, the scenario. Um, yes. <laughs> also, ho-hum, this is our 100th episode. This is our 100th yes. episode. And here, here's the thing. We should have like confetti poppers and hats and noisemakers and stuff like that. We really should. But this kind of snuck up on us because we reformatted. And so whenever we went to like three episodes a week instead of one long episode, they, the numbers started to really fly. Yes. <laughs> and so I was like, whoa. Spilled popcorn on top of I this. Know, man. You know, so it, while it's not, you know, it would be nice to be able to say like this is our hundredth movie review. That is not true. Not true. Um, well, we're, we're not even reviewing a movie this episode, so... That's true. That's very true. I will say that we should somehow keep track of when we do review our hundredth movie and that's when we go buck wild. Yeah. I hope it's a bad movie. That would be fun. <laughs> that would just be, that would be lots of fun. We'll have to, I'll have to chart it out, but uh, yeah. So this is our hundredth episode. We're going to be talking about movie news in this episode. We're going to be doing our, our what's popping thing. And then on Friday, whenever you guys join us on Friday, we'll be reviewing F9, the Fast Saga. Kirk and I went to the to the movie house and caught that one on Thursday night, opening night. No big deal. Went and saw it with all the all the diehards just to get the full experience. And so we'll be giving you a full review of 
the ninth movie in the Fantastic, or I almost call it Fantastic Beasts, in the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise. Uh, well, I guess it's technically the 10th movie because of Hobbs and Shaw, but anyway, that's what we'll be reviewing on Friday. So, excited about that one. Wouldn't it have been interesting if they would have uh, just titled it F9, not F9, the, the Fast blah, blah, blah. Saga? The Fast Saga, right? Like, because this, this, you know, franchise has been around for so long. Uh, they should have, I think they should have went for it because they go for it in the movies. They go for it. So I wish yeah. they would have just been like, this is F9. So we, then we would not have referenced anything else. We would just would have been talking F9. Uh, and everyone been looking at their, their laptop. Well, look like, well, F9 says uh, open mail. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Here. <laughs> I have to admit, I, I hate, I hate the naming of the Fast and the Furious movies. Like yes. there, there's probably nothing that fills me with more irrational <laughs> rage than that because they're so dumb that there's no consistency whatsoever. And I think the no. one that really sends me over the edge is the fact that the fourth one is just called Fast and Furious with no no thus. That's mm -hmm. the one that really grinded my grind gears. your gears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they thought. Maybe this is the end. So let's, that would make sense uh, to title your first and your final film in a series. The, you know, drop the, the, you know. I know, but, now, but, but they, the, I don't now know. Now we're man. here. Because now the, we're here. Because Tokyo Drift takes place after the sixth. I don't know. That's the other thing. Not only is it late, but I've also spent the last week watching all of the Fast and Furious movies. So my brain is just jello. I like, I, I don't even know. I know nothing anymore. My brain at some point around like furious seven. Well, no, that's actually kind of a good one. Um, fast six, my brain liquefied and poured out of my ears and my nose. That's what happened. Well, I'm glad you were able to uh, solidify it and squeeze it back in there for I don't tonight's know. I episode. Think we're, I think we're working with partial brain capacity at this point, to be honest with you. There's brain matter on your desk <laughs> as we speak. I'm telling you. Nine <laughs> Fast and the Furious movies. I didn't, I didn't take myself through Hobbs and Shaw again because I felt like I had a good handle on that one. But the other, yeah. the other ones, I watched all of them. And man, what a trip. What a trip it was. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about movie news. There's actually a fair amount of it this week, so I think we should get crack a lacking, Kirk, if you're cool with that. Let's pop it up. Pop it up. All right. We have a lot of news. It's all over the board, which is which is what I like. Um, we've got some quick hitters. We've got some. We've got some that require a little bit of discussion and then we've got <clears throat> casting news trailer reactions all that good stuff we got it all we're running the full gamut here's Amazing. the first one and this is exciting um damien chazelle who is the director of whiplash and la la land and first man is assembling the cast for his new motion picture it's going to be called babylon and we already knew that margot robbie and brad pitt had been cast in that movie we got more casting news this week, um, including Olivia Wilde, Spike Jones, Phoebe Tonkin, and then the big one, at least to people who are paying attention, is Tobey Maguire. Tobey yes. Maguire has come out of his acting retirement and is going to be in this new film. He's been, I think he's been out of the game for around 13 years now. It's been a minute. And uh, those those of you who are possible fans 
of uh oh what's it called uh molly's game with uh, uh yeah. with jessica chastain it's uh, the first directed film uh by mr aaron sorkin he also penned the screenplay it was his first directed one his second one was trial of the chicago seven which we reviewed on this podcast i believe that that went down the the details of Molly's game, which was a big gambling cahoots uh, with celebrities and high rollers and famous people. Uh, I believe that happened in the same time frame. Uh, I got to fact check myself, but that may have been why he was tied up in legal matters that he mm. stepped away from the spotlight in order to uh, in order to come back. The ironic part is, you know, he was in a TV series called The Spoils of Babylon. Mm-hmm. That part, that part blows my mind. I don't understand this. That show was utterly ridiculous, but I, lo- <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I Did think at one point, it? yeah, yeah, at one point, someone was married to a mannequin in that show because it was like it was preposterous. It was almost like a Mel Brooks type thing, you know? Um, oh my goodness! It was absurdist, but I, I actually really liked it. Man, I had no idea you watched that. But yeah, I think I think Tobey Maguire was rumored to be involved in that gambling poker situation that Molly's Game was based off of. Yes. Um, so that is interesting timing. But he has been, you know, around directing things, producing things. I mean, he hasn't been out of Hollywood completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think is absolutely just hilarious about this is that, you know, Marvel continues to do this whole cloak and dagger about the Spider-Man thing. And then it just so happens that Tobey Maguire is unretiring from acting at the same time that all this is going on. Like, dude, just stop. They, they should just drop the trailer today because at this point, like it's getting dumb. And, and I feel like the longer they let it go, like the higher the fan expectations will be. And then no matter what, it won't be achievable. So they, they need right. to just like ground us by giving us a trailer like now. Yeah, they need to control the narrative because our, if our minds speculate too much, then we'll have too many options. Whereas if they drop the trailer, that's so brilliant, is that if they drop the trailer, they can give us a, a, a finer tunnel and funnel. To yeah, that's what I think was so with. smart about releasing in-game one year after Infinity War and kind of filming mm-hmm. those at the same time was because the last thing you want is a bunch of Marvel conspiracy theorists sitting around for three years with nothing to do but to spin up tons of different theories because then no matter what you put out there, they're going to hate it because they've already come up with their favorite theory. And I was, I was even kind of in that boat where I was like, oh man, Endgame was great, but I wish this would have happened, you know? So yeah. they need to, they need to get out in front of that. Definitely. But Toby's out there and this is, you know, this didn't start out as a Spider-Man news story, but it is now because he's, <laughs> he's for sure in it and no one can tell me otherwise. All right. Moving right along, this is a really interesting one that I wanted to talk about. The Directors Guild of America, which has a has a Directors Guild uh, award show every year, which is you know pretty pretty coveted in Hollywood. They have announced that any film released after June fifteenth of this year will have to have a seven day, at least seven day, exclusive theater window in order to be eligible for awards. And I thought this was interesting because. To me, what they're basically saying is like after after June 15th, the whole pandemic thing, not a factor. You have to go exclusively to theaters. So movies like, I don't know, bad example, but like Space Jam, A New Legacy, which is releasing on HBO Max and in theaters on the same day, like that would not be eligible. Dune, which is expected to release in that same format in October, 
would not be eligible. And this is sort of the first domino to fall. And I'm wondering how the other major awards will be, how the other major awards will follow suit or if they will follow suit. So if I'm following this correctly, they have to release to theaters only for at least seven days before they drop on a streaming service. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, these big awards institutions, these like, you know, the Academy of arts and sciences and screen actors guild and whatever they, you know, it's in their best interest for the theaters to be around. They have relationships yes. with that organization. I think everybody agrees that Hollywood is sort of at its most profitable when there can be a mixture of theaters and then also streaming, etc. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because the pandemic sort of put a put a big like fast forward button on that whole conversation, and people started to freak out. And now I think it's you know the dust is starting to settle, and we're finding out where people sort of stand on the whole streaming thing and i just wonder like is there a point where if i'm netflix or if i'm one of these streaming companies i go screw the academy awards all i care about is dollars you know like (laughs) i don't need a director's guild award i just need dollars um because that's i think i don't think it's the only barrier holding companies back from just being like all streaming all the time but i think it's one of them that's a great point uh to to know the question of do you get more dollars going straight to streaming? Is there a higher, uh, is there more cash flow coming back at you as the creative team, as the producing team of a film? Or uh, does it go to, to the studio more, which is likely the answer if it goes has how everything was built up uh, as time has gone on through entertainment? Was, was that the way that the money came in and fed the studios more rather than the creative team? And then you can't get a deal with the studio if you've, sway that line versus streaming yeah it's very complicated because these are the things that that uh, make structures fall and change right but the studios have enough power to say guess what you're blacklisted from our from our films no matter what no matter what director you're with no matter what agent you're with this is our studio goodbye and it could shut down an actor's career so that's a tough tough decision yeah absolutely i mean it's exactly what you're talking about. If there was ever going to be some sort of seismic shift of, you know, theaters are being phased out, then the whole incentive model would have to shift the way yeah. that studios are compensated for their, the films that end up on streaming services and vice versa. Like the whole thing would have to be broken down and rebuilt. So just something to keep an eye on, something to keep an eye on because the awards, like those, those are organizations. They know that the role that they play and, and they, they have a vested interest in keeping the theaters in business. So they're going to be doing things like this. Um, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on as, as it kind of moves forward. That was movie math with Ken and Kirk. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to get technical. You got to get technical. <laughs> All right. Few interesting ones. We got a new Shang Chi trailer. Uh, we yes. actually got it on Thursday night when you and I were heading to the theater to go see Fast Nine, F Nine, whatever. <laughs> Nine. We we uh, you know had seen the trailer, and the interesting thing is that at the end of this trailer, there appears to be abomination from Hulk, which is, he's a he's a Hulk villain um, played by Tim Roth, and. Today, Kevin Feige confirmed to Rotten Tomatoes that, yes, it is in fact Abomination, and the person that Abomination is fighting is Wong from Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. So, 
no idea what's happening with that like steel cage match that's going on with superhumans that Shang-Chi is like about to get thrown into the middle of, but that is an interesting wrinkle in that movie that I did not see coming at all. No, no, I don't know if anyone could. Uh, after some some quick Googling, I found that Abomination does have a big role in Shang-Chi's you know, story, um, but I didn't get too deep into it. I know there's some other uh, experts out there who could really school me very easily. But the fact that he's fighting Wong, the fact that they put that in the trailer, that you can see it but barely see it, blink and you miss it. I like, know. Like what? Like they're so brilliant. Like look at this. Here's this little little snippet, and I know you're gonna find it, you crazy people. <laughs> yeah, I I made the joke about like, did anybody have this on their MCU bingo yeah. card? Because like seriously, it feels like that now. There's like so many random things that happen, and we we all you know all the all the Marvel fans sit around and try to theorize who's gonna appear where and what the plot's gonna be and all this stuff, and then we just get hit with a random left hook like Abomination Wong. What is happening? Um, but that trailer was cool. That trailer was really cool. Um, it was cool. That movie's got a great vibe and the music is very similar to black Panther, which was amazing. And, um, I'm hyped for it. I'm hyped. September 3rd, Shang-Chi and the legend of the Ten rings goes to theaters. So we'll be waiting for that one. Next up, Harrison Ford got injured on the set of Indiana Jones five hurt his shoulder and so what's happening now is that they're moving forward with production um, without him for a little while, and he's, he's planning to rejoin the production at some point. No, no word yeah. yet on how this affects production timelines, production schedule. They're, they're kind of saying that you know nothing yet in terms of production timeline, but it's not really clear how extensive the injury is and how long he'll be, he'll be on the sidelines. It's sad, uh, but we always, also always have to remember there is an A, an A group and a B group of filming, and then there's even more past that. So there's plenty of other things to film without him. Yeah, probably sure. not a lot because he is Indiana Jones. But there, there are those you know moments of bad guys all clinging together, or Indiana is. Um, aloof to something going on and his sidekick is appears over a mountainside and sees the villains. You know, there's options they have. Plus like, um, I bet you could do plenty of like stunt work, you know? Yes. I mean, yes. I, I would All think because I don't know how he injured his shoulder. I can't imagine he's doing many of his own stunts these days. Um, but who knows? I mean, I'm sure he's doing some things and, and it, it, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't take much for me to hurt my shoulder. So I can only imagine uh, how Harrison Ford deals with it. But James Mangold is the director of this film. He's, he's been behind tons of huge, really successful properties. I mean, he, he directed Logan, he directed Ford versus Ferrari. He's directed tons of big movies. He runs a pretty tight ship. So I'm sure it won't impact the final product of the movie at all. My bigger question is just, Will this thing release on time? And I think we don't know the answer yet. We don't know the answer. So I hope that we caught the take. We, like you and I, caught the take uh, of Harrison on set doing this, uh, doing whatever stunt it took. Uh, I hope it wasn't he was walking out of his trailer and he bumped his shoulder. Oh, I know, I know. That would be such a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to us. be. It needs to be in the cut of the movie. That would make yes. it more genuine. It's like when when Leonardo DiCaprio yes. like made his hand bleed in Django Unchained, and it was such an epic moment. Um, and he kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we need. That's what we need. And also, get well soon, Harrison Ford. Let's. We. I want to see this movie. I'm excited about it. Me too. Okay. 
more interesting news stories. Disney is making another ride-based film. This time it is Tower of Terror. They're making a Tower of yes. Terror film, which they have already done, correct? Wasn't there a Tower of Terror, like, straight-to-home video type movie back in the day? Yes, there was with uh, Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten I watched that Dunst, movie. yeah, yeah. On repeat, and it was fantastic. It was so good. So I'm a little upset because that place holds some nostalgia in my heart. But what would be cool is if now now Steve Gutenberg unfortunately has passed away, but if Kirsten Dunst could be yeah. her same character, but like as a mom, like return to Tower of Terror, like that'd be cool. That'd that would be, be cool. cool. And she's she's still doing a lot of work. So oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That would be great. That would be great. And. It'll be interesting. I feel, I feel like it's a mixed bag on the ride-based movies that Disney has come out with. I don't. Jungle Cruise didn't come out just yet, did it? No, that's it's this month. Soon. That's July yeah. uh, that it comes out. And Haunted Mansion, yikes, big yikes. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, some good ones, some bad ones. You know, maybe but, a reboot coming. Yeah, I know. But the first Pirates of the Caribbean is, is so good. I, I love it so. Let's hope. I, Tower of Terror is my favorite ride at Disney. Always has been, always will be. So I would love to see it done justice on the big screen. And Scarlett Johansson, ScarJo, is on board to produce. I have a sneaking suspicion she'll be announced in the cast, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I was, mm-hmm. I was kind of on that. Like when I first read it, I was like, "Oh, she's going to be in the movie," and then it was like she's on board to produce, and I was like, "Well, she's." Maybe, maybe she's just doing that, but I, I kind of nah. feel like she'll be in the movie. No, nah, she's going into her and Kirsten could be sisters. Yes. In this. How about that? Like, uh, I yeah, think it's actually a sequel, a low key. It's a low key sequel, um, revamp of it. That would be interesting. Yes. I love that, that, that that's your favorite ride. Uh, and that you're, you're getting, this is your, this is your time. This is your moment. Like I know, you had this straight to straight to TV, but now big screen and mine would be um aerosmith's rock and roller coaster i don't know how you make a movie <laughs> out of that but that's my favorite ride. no the movie for that is just the in sync and aerosmith halftime show from the super bowl <laughs> like in 1999 or whatever that was yeah that's that's the closest you're gonna get also i feel like that ride is for sure gonna get phased out at some point because the <sighs> zennials the zennials have to be going on that ride like who? What? <laughs> who? Who is this? I mean, it's a great roller coaster, but Aerosmith is far from relevant these days. It's true. And you walk in, and you you're in the the recording studio with him and his team, and it's yeah. like, I'm ready to go on this ride that pumps out at 80 miles an hour on the first jump. Like, come on, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Oh man, but Tower of Terror. Um, we're going to be dropping all the information about that because that is obviously a passion project for cam. Yes. I'm going to be livid if Kirsten isn't in there. So listen, listen to the next episodes. Yeah. Let's keep pulling for it. Let's keep pulling for it. Um, knives out Two began production. Also a bunch of things began production. John wick Four. um, just got just read as I was walking into the studio that black Panther is underway. Black Panther Wakanda forever started production. Um, and then also, what was the other one? I'm forgetting. Knives Out 2, John Wick. Oh, and Aquaman, <laughs> The Lost Kingdom, which mm. I did not like the first Aquaman, so that's probably why I, I forgot about it because I'm like, eh, don't really care. But Knives Out 2 began production, and Ethan Hawke is in the cast. That was one of the ones that wasn't previously announced, but they started, you know, this happens sometimes where like you don't know about certain castings until production starts. And then it's like, Ethan Hawke has joined the cast. I'm like, well, he's probably been in the cast, but <laughs> we just found out about it because they started production. But Right, right. 
Wow. I and mean, this has given birth to a new meme template where people are like, I saw somebody post like the Super Smash Brothers character lineup and they were like, the Knives Out 2 cast is so good. And like people posted like the Olympic teams and they're like, wow, Knives Out 2 looks great. And so pe- that's like the new meme format is like taking huge teams of people and being like, wow, Knives Out 2 looks awesome. I mean, there are so many people in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I just imagine like the trailer lot for all of these stars. Um, Did they just get like a giant Airbnb instead? Is that more cost effective? Like, I don't understand how they're fitting all of these people in the same movie. I don't, I don't get it. I'm convinced that this is just uh, a ploy by, Daniel Craig to continue to get to dress like James Bond in a way because he's wearing like these, um, what do they call them? Like day suits, you know, like, like, sure. like casual suits that like Sean Connery would wear in the old James Bond movies or like things that you would say, see like Humphrey Bogart wear in old movies and stuff like that. Like that's what it, that's what it looks like on set. Um, so that's, that's my, that's my take there is I think he just wants to be able to wear nice classy clothes still, and also there was a, a set selfie from Catherine Hahn and Kate Hudson that I didn't know I needed in my life, but I did. I needed it. And it got me through the day and I was so happy about it. Yeah, I love the theory on on the, you know, continuing James Bond because listen, in the first knives out, they intentionally tried to make Daniel Craig look a little frumpy because they did. we know that he's chiseled. The production photo that we saw this past week of him, he looks like James Bond. He like does. he's he is like trim and cut, and he's like he doesn't care. He does not care. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. We will. It'll be interesting. A um, couple of quick hitters, actually, quite a few quick hitters. Let's go through them real quick. The Dexter revival. We haven't heard much about this outside of you know the initial announcement, but it has been announced that John Lithgow is joining the cast of the Dexter revival, and he was in the original series as you know, the, a big named killer. What was the name of the killer Kirk? Oh gosh. The triple something Trinity killer, the Trinity Trinity killer. Killer. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 So, um, this is a big ad. This is a big ad to the Dexter revival and we'll definitely get people spinning up all kinds of theories about what sort of direction they're going in. Has to be a ghost. Has to be a ghost. I'm, <laughs> he killed him. He cut him up into little pieces like he does. John Lithgow is dead. He's going to be his uh, he's, his Yoda. He's just yes. going to be like a little spirit, like telling him how to kill people. Yeah. Yeah, I love it because uh, John Lithgow is such a fascinating actor. Uh, the first introduction I ever had to him was Third Rock from the Sun uh, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gordon-Levitt. And... That was the first experience I had with him. Had no with no knowledge of the seventies and eighties. He was like a monster serial killer in like eighteen different films. <laughs> and yeah. then, like it's crazy. Like you go back and watch Ricochet with him and Denzel Washington. He is a scary, scary man with a freaky glass slash like cat eye. And him coming back into Dexter as a dream come true because he is the best villain they had on that show. Yeah, he's got range at the wazoo too because he played uh, he played Winston Churchill on The Crown yes. and was like incredible, like Emmy award winning quality, so good. And he's got the comedic timing too. So I know he'll be playing his uh, Trinity Killer. I assume unless they're recasting him or something. But no, um, that'll be interesting to watch. It's it's got my head spinning a little bit for sure. Yes. All right. Uh, there's some chatter about succession because succession season three is, is now going to premiere this fall. So that's very exciting. Um, but they've been, you know, the showrunners have been getting questions about how long the series will go on right now. What they're saying is that 
maximum five seasons, but right now they're only planned for four. Kirk, what is your reaction to Succession maybe not extending beyond a fourth season? You know, I agree with it. I agree with it because uh, I was hesitant to this show after the first episode. Um, uh, Even after watching the full first episode, I was like, I mean, it's good, but is it great? And then I watched episode two. I was like, yeah, it's great. And you can't, you can't continue to milk something. And I feel like there's only so many threads that you can pull out of these people before you jump the shark. So I think force, I I actually don't want it to go past four seasons because I think I would be really disappointed in season five of what this would look like. Yes. I agree. I mean, you, you either, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain (laughs) Harvey Dent style. So, um, that, yeah, I think there, I feel like there is a, I kind of threw this out on discord earlier this week. I was like, I feel like there is a very short list of shows that actually got better or, or didn't get worse after season five. Like there are not that many shows on that list. So we always like, whine and complain when we hear that our favorite shows are ending but a lot of times when they end early it's for the best and it's because they have like a clear vision and they're just going to execute it and then get out of town so yeah they've story arced every character and they don't have to play on well we need some new life new character they they basically rewrite the series they give you a new inciting incident that's not what it's about it's about continuing the story with the people that are at there at the beginning for as much as possible yes Agreed. Agreed. But season 19 of Grey's Anatomy going strong. It's beautiful. I can't, <laughs> can't wait for season 20. Any more it's plane be great. crashes killing off some of the oh, cast yeah. or anything? Every episode, there's a plane crash. Yeah. Every single episode. It's kind of their specialty at their hospital now. They take <laughs> on plane crashes. Yeah. That's sort of like the, that's, that's instead of jump the shark, it's like jump the plane in those hospital yes. shows because doesn't isn't in ER isn't that the show where somebody like gets killed by a helicopter falling on top of them or something like that? That is correct. They have they've definitely there's <laughs> at least two big airplane um, rescue missions that they go on, and yes, one of the doctors, Doctor Romano, gets his arm cut off in one season. Gets his arm cut off by a helicopter. And then a season and a half later, the helicopter comes, not the same one, but a helicopter comes crashing down. It <laughs> falls off the top of the hospital in a tiny alleyway where, where the emergency bay is, where they play basketball and just annihilates. Imagine him. it's the same helicopter, though. Like it's a, <laughs> it's like an anthropomorphic helicopter. It's got like an eye patch and it's smoking a cigar. <laughs> Yeah, that yes. would be that would be incredible. <laughs> because when you said it's not the same helicopter, I was just like, but what if it was though? <laughs> he, turn, he turns around. He's Dr. like, Romano. I'm gonna finish what I started. Yeah, uh, back again. <laughs> <laughs> they have they they put me. Uh, they retired me, but I'm back. They've messed up my numbers. <laughs> yeah, his serial numbers like scraped off on the side. <laughs> he did it himself with his <laughs> raggedy. <laughs> oh man, there's the origin story we need now. If Grey's Anatomy starts doing stuff like that I'm, I'm on board Shonda Rhimes sign me up man I'm, I'm there oh my gosh it sounds like it could be like the origin story could happen on a kid's show and then like it, cry, it continues like <laughs> it's a universe it's a universe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, last few quick hitters Dune got pushed back from October 1st to October 22nd which means it is now premiering on the same day as the French Dispatch, which is Wes Anderson's new film, mm-hmm. and Last Night in Soho, which is Edgar Wright's new film, 
mainly bringing this up because seriously, Kirk, what are we going to do though? Triple hitter. <laughs> are we going to have to do a triple <laughs> review week? Like that's not okay. I want to see the all three movies on the same day. We should, well. we should marathon mode it. That's yeah, I agree. Just one I've, after the other, after the other. I don't think I've ever done a, even a, a double, uh, a double. Oh, seriously? You that. I don't think I have. Oh, it's great. I've definitely gone to a movie uh, like within a span of two days or there even there's a possibility of three days, but I've never seen two films in a movie theater on the same day. And maybe this is my opportunity. Dude, me and my mom used to do that like on a fairly regular basis where we would like not, I shouldn't say a regular basis, but like once a year we would pick a day where we would go and like watch two movies in the morning, go to lunch and then hit a third movie at the same time. It was awesome. awesome. It was the best. Yeah. If there was like, usually during award season, we'd like find one of those boutique theaters that had all like the award, you know, back before you could stream this stuff and we'd go and we'd hit up a bunch of them. Good times, man. It's, it's quite an experience. It's really a magical thing. Mark the date. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yep. October 22nd. We'll be there. All right, and then I'm gonna skip one of them because I don't. I decided I don't care about it anymore. Gareth Edwards <laughs> has a new movie and and it's got a cast. So do with that what you will. I like Gareth Edwards, but other people are probably like, eh, whatever. Who cares? Um, but we did get three trailers this week that are of significance. One of them coming hot off the press. Actually, two of them hot off the presses today. The Mini Saints of Newark, which is the prequel movie to the Sopranos series. So that's interesting. It's like the mini saints of Newark, a Sopranos story is what it says on the poster. We got that one. We got Clifford, the big red dog today. And we got the harder they fall, which is the Netflix Western with, um, Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield, Jonathan majors, Idris Elba, uh, Zazie beats, just like massive, incredible Delroy Lindo, huge cast. So we got all those trailers and we're not going to react to all of them, but I want to know, any of those you saw, did you think looked good or, or any that you thought were going to be huge stinkers? What, what, what's your take on what we got this week? Yeah, let's recap. So we got many saints of Newark. Yep. What else do we have? Clifford, the big red dog. And yes, then the and- harder they fall. Okay, great. So I saw, I watched many, many saints uh, trailer. I watched uh, Clifford. I, I have not seen Lakeith's trailer just yeah. yet. I apologize. No, it's okay. Uh, but, but let's go down the list. Uh, Clifford, Clifford, that movie will likely not be good but holy cow did they make clifford look super adorable super adorable um i'm not usually a sucker for i like dogs but i'm not a sucker for like dog movies because they uh they trick you by the cuteness of the dog Mm -hmm. um i will be tricked by this one because i've never seen a cuter dog real or cartoon than clifford the live action animated movie yes he is, he is precious. Wow. I will say that whenever he stands next to human beings, he looks absolutely ridiculous and very <laughs> fake. But when he's on the screen by himself, he is adorable and looks great. Maybe they'll clean up the VFX on the back end, and this is just like trailer VFX because sometimes that happens. But yep, yep. there are a few scenes where he's like interacting with people that it's like, well, that doesn't even look slightly real. And I know that it's a big red dog, and so I need to just let it go. But, like, it should at least look slightly real, right? Sure, sure. Uh, I didn't expect it. As soon as I saw Clifford's name start bubbling out and, like, you saw, you know, everyone else but but him first, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, this is this is coming. You know, I, yeah. was, I was already anticipating. And then you see that dog, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's so cute. So I cute. Want to just cuddle him. <laughs> 
So that's a win, um, not for the plot, but for just how cute Clifford is. And we might have to give two scores on that movie when that comes out. Then uh, Many Saints, uh, yes, all, all the yeses. It looks fantastic. I am, I think the movie looks good. I'm excited about the cast. I'm, I'm, I'm just concerned about like what the movie is. Like a movie that's a prequel to a show that ran like a while ago it's just a weird kind of foreign concept. So like Mm. I want it to work and I think it can. I'm just like not totally sold on like this move. I I gotcha. Yeah. It is. The interesting part is that it did end so long ago and now it's coming out. Um, right. You could argue perfect timing with with uh, who the actors are. I mean, you have yeah. you have uh, James Gandolfini's son, which was not the intention behind the production team. Uh, even even uh, I think what is his name, David Chase, the crew, one of the creators of Sopranos and one of the original pens on it on the series. I think he even said like, "I'm not going into this thinking I'm going to cast Michael Gandolfini as." James Gandolfini's Tony Soprano. And then he, he came out of it and he said, guys, I'm really sorry. It, it's him. It's very easily him. Yeah. Um, but you have that. You have John Bernthal. You have Vera Farmiga. You have uh, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. All these people. Uh, Alessandro Nivola. Who Ray fit, Liotta. Ray Liotta. Who fit perfectly. It's, it's like... It's, uh, it's not even like a snapshot in time uh, where like 90s movies are most of the time. We're like, oh, that's a 90s movie. Look at the people in it. This is like just the uh, just a collection of people that could only do this now versus any other time. Uh, and I don't know why I'm so passionate about it, but it's just it's a cool story. And I think that it can be done well uh, with with what they're going after uh, with the backstory that you always heard in the exposition exposition and dialogue in the series. Yeah, that we're diving into that now that was never seen and never done in flashbacks. So that's cool to me. Yeah, I think it is cool. I, I hope that it works. I really do. Um, I think that there is like a phone in like a red phone in a glass box in mm-hmm. in movie executives with a little hammer hanging from it, like in their office that says break in case of mob film. And if you, if you pick it up and call, it goes straight to Ray Liotta. (laughs) That I think it actually exists. And Ray Liotta just like, Oh, the red phone's ringing. It's time. (laughs) And he just picks that phone up and laughs like that laugh. Yeah. It's so good. He grabs his suit and walks out the door. He's like, say no more. (laughs) I don't think Ray Liotta dresses in anything except suits. Uh, no. He sleeps in them. Yes. Uh, the whole, the whole nine yards. Yeah, that's what yes. I've heard. Um, oh, this is my shower suit. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, the harder they fall, you should check out that trailer when you get a chance. I'm excited about this movie. That cast speaks for itself. It's got great style. The trailer was really well executed. Um, it's going to Netflix this fall, so that'll be one to keep an eye out for. That cast, like I said, outrageous. Outrageous cast. Um, yes. So it should be fun. I don't even know if I mentioned Idris Elba. Did I mention mention Idris Elba? I don't know because I feel like every too? time I list the cast of that movie, I like leave him out, and I'm like, man, what a crazy cast that you can like forget that Idris Elba is <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> Pretty wild. Well, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Check. There he is. And that's all we got. That's all we got today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Come back on Friday to join us for our review of F9. The Fast Saga, like we said, 100th episode. Can't say it enough times how thankful we are for all you guys for listening, supporting us. Um, We're coming off an an incredible month of listenership. So thank you guys so much for 
coming along on this ride with us. We enjoy it. We're, we're having a good time and uh, we're easy to reach. So if you have ideas for the show, uh, movie recommendations, whatever, you know, you can find us on discord. You can find us on email on social media, but above all else, thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to get out of your hair. We'll join you again on Friday and uh, you can listen to our friends rhetoric as they play you out. Catch those guys on Spotify Apple Music, wherever else, and uh, we'll see you on Friday. Talk to you then. Bye.